This week we read The Valley of Fear, Part 2. I say, Brother Casey. Yes, Brother Nick. The cargo hold is dark and full of tribbles. But the trouble has not yet begun. The game is afoot, all our buddies. Welcome back to the final Podblum, the only Sherlock Holmes read-through podcast taking place in the innermost sanctum of a secret society in a town near you. That's right, the Burger King Kids Club has long arms. I, for my part, am Ol C.W. Hills, uh, also known as Brother Double Dash, and joining me here is Brother Space Cadet, Nicholas Cohen. How you doing? Yes, I'm no longer sick, so that's good. Finally. Nice. <laughs> well, your brother Space Cadet and your brother Brandy Dragon. Was it Brandy Dragon or Dragon Brandy? It was... I would say... Hmm. Okay, so it's from a thing I saw at Costco, which was a glass... Yes. It was a glass container shaped like a Chinese dragon, and it was sick yes. as hell, and it, it had was. Brandy in it. And so I would say that would be a Brandy Dragon. Brandy it's Dragon. Brandy Dragon. Yes. Brandy Dragon Private it's, Eye. Very it's good. Space Cadet for every day and Brandy Dragon when shit is real. Right. It's so. like the Jellicle Cats. You've got your <laughs> yeah. everyday name. Yeah. Yes. Your first special name. Exactly. And your name. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, speaking of beverages, Brother Space Cadet, what you sipping on over there? Okay. So I've got the tea that Jackie sent us. Uh, I picked three of them. The flavors I got were... She only let uh, you pick three? She only let you pick three too. Son of a bitch. <laughs> we only got three. <laughs> so I got, uh, three of them. I'll, I'll post a picture of the tins, uh, again, because they're adorable. And just so you they're can have the names, good. I have one called, uh, Sussex Downs and I have one called Turkish Baths and another one called Baskerville Bramble. The one I'm drinking today is Turkish Baths because it is, um, I got here, it says, uh, white cucumber, white eternal spring, white Ooh. peach, uh, apricots, blueberries, cornflowers, and yeah, I, I don't know. It just sounded fruity and nice, and I was really sick, and my sinuses were really stuffy. So oh, buddy. I busted into it, um, hoping that some of the, I don't know, it just seemed like a calming, kind of like yeah. really light tea, and it is, and I'm gonna... So, okay. So I steeped it a little longer than usual, just because I drink a lot of tea, so I wanted it a I bit stronger. Strong. Sure. And, um... Uh, also because my sense of taste is still slowly returning, so I need as, right. as strong as possible so I can actually taste it. But yeah, it's, um, it's really good. It's a white, it's a, I think it's a white tea. Uh, so I don't know if it has, I don't think it has any, it's got a, white teas have like a tiny, tiny inconsequential amount of caffeine usually. Right, because it's not a separate species of tea, it's immature tea leaves, right? Right. And, um, I think so, yeah. And You're I know more about coffee babies. than tea, sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. Baby tea. Delicious. Um, <laughs> so, the peach definitely comes through, and yeah. I don't know about the apricot. I don't know, it's just kinda, it's kinda light, and it's really Brandy. refreshing, and just, it's calming. It does, it really does taste like being in a bath. Right but just, just my mouth. It's, it's bath water tea. <laughs> and that sounds, Horrible, but nope. I mean it in the best possible. It's like a bath for your taste buds. There we go. It's a bath for your mouth. <laughs> it's a bath for your mouth. So yeah, uh, it's really good. Um, I love it. Thank you so much. 
Jackie, you're the best. Yeah, thank it's, you, Jackie, yeah, and thank you, uh, Adagio Teas, from whom they were procured. You can go to Adagio. You can find out all the wonderful teas they have. They have Night Veil teas. They've got uh, TVs from the program Supernatural. They have, as uh, as our good friend Robert Parrott pointed out, not only do they have just, like, Sherlock Holmes teas, they have specifically BBC Sherlock teas. They have Elementary teas. They got Full Metal Alchemist teas. They got Pokemon teas. It's wild. Adagio Teas, not our sponsor, but if they'd like to be... Anyway, <laughs> so the Valley of Fear Part 2, before we start in on this, I want to discuss two things just quickly, one of which is also beverage-related. So uh, I just want right. to tell the the wildest damn thing I have ever heard in my year of working at an urgent care. So All right, let's go. I got a call the other day from a pharmacist. I get calls from pharmacists every day, dozens of times a day. Sure. And they said, hey there, we got this prescription that seems a little sus. Uh, we think maybe somebody's credentials have been compromised. Mm-hmm. And I say, okay, uh, you know, look up the patient and see they haven't, they, uh, they haven't been seen in literal years. And I said, all right, what is it? Somebody try to get some Valium or something? Is it the John Mulaney special? What's going on here? <laughs> and the pharmacist says, uh, how about you try this on for size, friendo? How about a prescription for a pint of codeine cough syrup? <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> if, if like myself, you had trouble bringing a useful mental image of what a pint looks like to mind, picture a full-sized mason jar. Or like in Lord of the Rings where Pippin orders a pint, Thank and you. it's like the size yep. of his face. Yeah. That was my first instinct, too. That didn't help because hobbits are small, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Dang it. So, the, the anyway. Comparison is, out, yeah. Almost oh certainly God. a fraudulent prescription, but it makes me really <laughs> happy, not only because that's the most ridiculous amount of, of drug syrup I've ever heard in my life, but also because the guy hadn't even been seen. He hadn't been seen in like three or four years. So right. it made me really happy to think that there was a doctor who was like, you know what? I haven't seen Jim in a while. I'm going to send that guy a peanut butter jar full of drugs. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> what was Hope we're doing all right, pal. Here you go. <laughs> exactly. Happy if you have a cough, you. if you don't, whatever. Good. It'll help with anything. God. It'll... Can't cough if you're dead from a codeine overdose. That's awesome. And the second thing uh, is not personal Casey news, but it's book news. So this has happened just in the last couple of days. Barnes & Noble pulled a real Dylan Marin. And, uh, oh yeah! Made... Oh no! What they do? Oh. oh, you haven't heard about this? Oh, no, this is so I, good. I'm so I, excited to bring this I, news to you. I also want to let you know in advance. I worked at Barnes and Noble for a year. It was uh-huh. my first retail job, so I have a special fondness sure. slash anti fondness for well, Barnes and Noble book company. Prepared to be real embarrassed at your job, Daddy, because what they All right. did. And in fairness, Barnes & Noble was recently bought out by someone. I forget whom, but now they're Barnes & Noble. Amazon? (laughs) It wouldn't surprise me. Anyway, what they did was they released like a hundred books. I think it's a hundred classic books. And they're Mm -hmm. like what you think of as literary classics like Alice in Wonderland, Treasure Island, Frankenstein, all these. And they re-released them. Exactly. They re-released them with special covers all featuring persons of color. And... In an effort to promote diversity. Now, two things about this were immediately pointed out by prominent <laughs> authors such as N.K. Jessamine, uh, author of, oh goodness, uh, the, the Broken Earth trilogy. Oh, N.K. Jessamine, winner of the Hugo Award for Best Novels three years in a row in the same trilogy, pointed out, hey, you know what might also have worked? 
actually promoting uh, books with actual black people in them. Or written by right? black people. <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> literally oh anything. God. Like a, a, a copy of Frankenstein with Frankenstein on the front, but he's black, is not helpful to anyone yeah, ever. No. It's, it's what it is, is the literary equivalent of it's like, hey, you remember Frankenstein? Well, what if I told you Frankenstein was black? Bow, mind blown. Right? It's like <laughs> being like, let me tell you about another long-haired hippie who was curious about the rules. It was Jesus. Oh. Like, it doesn't, <laughs> does not work. The Freaking invisible thing. man is right there. It's right the there. Other- <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the invisible man by, um, not, not the sci-fi one, uh, by Ralph Ellison. It's an actual, like, it, oh. it was written in the 50s by, yeah, there's two, but I understand the confusion because when I was assigned this book in college, I also okay. initially thought it was the sci-fi book about an actual invisible dude. It's, you know, it's about racism. No, but, uh, it's okay. a good book. Yeah, no, high, uh, hard Very recommend. good. Okay, uh, so a good, yeah, a good book. I'm like, I'm saying yeah. that book's right there. <laughs> it's also a classic. <laughs> the other problem was yeah. the way, was the way in which Barnes and Noble went about doing this. They <sighs> didn't look, they didn't look at books and think, this book could benefit from the context and thought experiment of perhaps imagining its main character is by any of that. What they right. did was they ran a search, you know, the thing you should always trust racial issues to. <laughs> they ran yeah. a search and found books. The only criterion was that the books did not specifically mention the main characters being white. That was it. Oh my god. Real bad. Yeah. Well, it never says Hermione's white in the books. Uh, so, uh, come on. That is, that's very, that's depressing. Yeah. I, I do want to comment on that. I, I know there's a large portion of the Harry Potter fandom who's like, uh, yo dogs, Hermione could easily be black and it brings me a black reader personal comfort to imagine that. That's fucking awesome. Right. Rock and roll, by all yeah. means. We just don't trust J.K. Rowling when she says We that. don't, no, not in this house. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get into the Valley of Fear, part two. The Scourers, which is never... It doesn't sound like a real word then, and it didn't sound like a real one now. It sounds like something you would get your cat. (laughs) I kind of want... I've got, like, there's glowering, and then there's... Okay, hold on. Let me see if that's a real word. I... How much do you know about, like, secret society, Freemasonry, etc. type of deal? Because I... More than some. Uh, Okay. (laughs) <laughs> More than most, I would say. Less than some. We have to do this in order or else it doesn't make any we sense. We have to. This yeah. Is, yeah. So a lot of the stories we can talk about as whole complete things, but this, this right. demands that it be, uh, done in order. So, mm-hmm. we, uh, much like Study in Scarlet, uh, which was yeah. also divided into two parts, the second half of this book, uh, is third person prose immediately uh it cuts in there's a train zooming through a creepy snowed in desolate inhospitable almost certainly haunted place it's uh, yeah. getting real uh narche vibes uh it is snowy snowy mordor essentially yes there's a young man sitting in the train in a corner by himself quote it is with this man that we are concerned take a good look at him for he is worth it which mm-hmm. makes a lot more sense in retrospect, yep. as a lot of things about this story do. <laughs> right. I was very look impressed. at this guy. Really look at him. 
Remember no, this seriously. Guy, okay? Look yeah, at him. No, seriously. Look again. You didn't yeah. look hard enough. Look again. <laughs> I, I was right. typing up my notes, and every 30 seconds I was just turning to Don, and I was like, do you believe this shit? That's what that meant. It's wild. <laughs> so it drops you, um, it drops you right here in the middle of this, and you're like, okay, this is obviously a flashback. We don't know who this guy is. He's introduced as, um, being, uh, named oh my god did i really just forget the guy's name okay mcmurdo i don't remember what his first yes. name is but um he's john oh john okay like as yeah, one everyone's of, one first of the name three is. names <laughs> right. conan doyle knew. Yeah. <laughs> um so he's referred to as mcmurdo is it mcmurdo or mcmurdo to it you is mcmurdo for sure okay so he's described as um being a young younger relatively handsome irishman with gray eyes and um i think like dark brown hair or something and just a very intelligent looking guy and he's introduced on the train uh he is it's his first time being in this part of the country uh mm-hmm. and he's america, there for by the way it, it, in america yeah and yeah. he's there for work and that's all we really know about it up till now another man approaches him on the train and it's quickly revealed that he's part of the order. They exchange a secret, uh, coda back and forth where one guy says one thing and the other Correct. and uh, responds with, uh, answering phrase. And it's quickly revealed that he's part of the order of freemen, which is supposed to be, I don't, do you know if this, there was an actual real order is, or is Doyle just referencing like they're like, Oh the no, 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 this is, this is 100% supposed to be the Freemasons. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. So fictionalized yeah. version of the Freemasons basically. Yeah. And v- barely, um, barely just like, like barely, but yeah, number <laughs> filed off. Yeah. Like no right. celebrities were harmed, but only just, yeah, <laughs> just like cuts the word in half and is like, all right, here we go. So, um, and you yeah, know so what? He... It would not have surprised me if he thought originally that, like, no, I'll just make him the Masons. What the hell? Who cares? And then he looked at who were Masons, and he's like, huh, George Washington. Huh. Every politician. Huh. Oh, <laughs> a lot of our politicians. Huh. You know, maybe I'll just make them something else. <laughs> right? Like, hmm. I'm going to rethink this real quick. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, and, and let's be upfront about something. The, the Masons are are a very real society. They are not a secret society. They're openly no. out there doing <laughs> stuff. They're very charitable. They're a benevolent order of fraternity and philosophy. Uh mm-hmm. my understanding is is that generally it's just like a club you can go to. And they have their own, you know, philosophy and teaching. Read the great architect and and religion mm-hmm. and similar. Uh, a lot of which I'm I'm intrigued by. But honestly, <laughs> you know what? Uh, we were, uh, what was it we were watching? I forget. Maybe I was reading this story. But I'm like, who has the time to be part of a secret? That's, it was the Stonecutters episode of The Simpsons. That's what it was. And I was like, <laughs> who has the time to just go uh, yeah. to a secret fucking place three nights a week and just spend hours? I want to go home, guys. That's what my <laughs> secret society is. Right. <laughs> you know who has time for that? Straight white men. Oh, I could not possibly comment. <laughs> that, but like, I yeah, mean... The Masons, to the best of our ability to determine, yeah. do not control the world. I'm sure they like us thinking that, whether or not right. it's true. I don't know. Probably but they not, were, but who knows? They were at one point uh, a famous club where anybody rich and powerful could uh, could join to be part of a rich and powerful, influential club. Um, uh, Washington, <laughs> D.C. is allegedly... Not allegedly. It's true. Uh... <laughs> designed according to certain masonic geometric principles and uh so that's that's fun to the best of our knowledge they are not 
Okay, well let's uh let's just continue and we'll see what they're not in a little bit. <laughs> All right. From what I like my barely passing information about the Freemasons, I would right. imagine that they are that the fact that they are somewhat secretive just makes people want to believe the absolute oh, craziest, you know, like the less you know about something the more you can make up. 100%. Which and is that's what honestly yeah. That's what fueled everything, because what's the point of being in a secret society if you're not going to have a literal secret handshake and secret code phrases that you pass back? Of course you want that shit. I want that shit right? in my daily life. <laughs> everyone, this is basically, everyone wants this. Basic needs. Secret handshake, yes, secret this, this codes. Is, this is, this is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. There's, it's, uh, it's <laughs> above, it's below food. You need it less than you need food, but more right. than you need, like, insurance <laughs> or something. I don't know how far Maslow's hierarchy goes. <laughs> But oh like there, God. it was a, it's a big deal and it has been for a long time. Like there was an anti-Masonic political party that ran for, uh, office a couple of times. Like that was their whole deal. Wow. <laughs> that they were opposed to the Freemasons. I don't know. Well, and All then right. this conversation about the difference between the Masons, the Freemasons, the locked up Masons. That's not true. Mm-hmm. But like, uh. <laughs> you can do that to me. I didn't know anything about it. I could believe you for a second. There are definitely other societies. Ah, yes. Carl Dotsagan. I've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> Shut that guy. <laughs> you know, the, uh, the English professor. <laughs> yeah. So there are definitely other famous secret societies. Well, and arguably, like, if there are real secret societies that are doing crimes and controlling the world and stuff, arguably we wouldn't have heard of them, right? Yeah. The, I mean... I, arguably. Allegedly. Yeah, I don't so know. <laughs> if they're, unless they're bad at what they do. So it's probably not right. a Hail Hydra situation where you've got Gary no. Shandling <laughs> just going around... Yeah. Whispering grossly in people's ears. <laughs> right. But the fictionalized version of them in this story Correct. is very much good at what they're doing. It's and true. to the point where like, and only in this particular town, it yeah. kind of, it kind of puts it as like the, uh, the Freeman Lodge that, uh, McMurdo's from was in Chicago and yeah. they, he said it was pretty much like they're it was just a benevolent society. It was just kind of like, yeah, it was just a secret They did club. charity. They did brotherhood. And uh, so he gets to uh, the Vermissa Lodge in this mining town. And the the guy he meets on the train is like, no, this this is not like, this is not going to be like how it is in Chicago. These guys nah. are, you know, renowned nah. for being like, they just, pizza. They, yeah. right. Like they, they have a grip on this town. Basically everyone fears us. Everyone respects us. Correct. Um, and you need to go to go directly to the boss. Uh, his name's Boss McGinty. You need to introduce yourself, and like it's it's up to him from there whether he you know approves of you or not. Correct. And so Mavrado's like, all right, sure. And he uh, he gets to town. He he's he's staying at this place with he's staying at a boarding house with uh, that's run by a uh, older man, older German man and his daughter. And he immediately falls for the daughter, and they kind of have like a little romance thing going on. But she's like, ah, you know, I've already. Uh, I'm already with this other guy who's part of the, um, the secret, the society. And, yeah. you know, so I can't like, you know, yeah, with you or anything. And he's just was refusing to back down. And he's just like, no, you know, you're going to be my wife, et cetera. And eventually, uh, the, her dad realizes that he's part of the society and is like, no, like you got to get out. Like, I'm not having you in here yeah. talking to my daughter at all. Like, I don't trust you. Get out. And so after that, he goes to the lodge and meets the... So, 
Yeah. Uh, well, let's, let's let's back up just a little bit. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. On the train, uh, this other Freeman introduces himself as Brother Scanlan, and they, they do the secret signs and the secret handshake and all that, which is very good mm-hmm. for Casey. Casey eats that up like, hey, <laughs> yes, please. Um, and they and they exchange essentially credentials. And McMurdo mm-hmm. says, yes, I have left Chicago for my own deeply illegal reasons, and I don't really <laughs> appreciate being grilled by a stranger, uh, even a fellow brother. And Scanlan right. says, okay, that's cool. You got to go do the thing. And then uh, cops come in and sit down yeah. like right next to McMurdo and say, hi there, I'm the cops. Who are you? <laughs> and he says, well, I'm Jack McMurdo and I am here on completely legitimate business. And mm-hmm. uh, they said, well, we saw you talking to Scanlon. You don't really want to be friends with him if you can help it. You don't want to be friends with any of those free men at all. And mm-hmm. he rebuffs them. This is received poorly. And the cops say, okay, well, I guess we'll be seeing yeah. you again before long. And he just stands up and right. says, here's where I'm staying. Drop by any time, citizen. Like, come get – here's where I, right. Jack <laughs> come <McMurdo> at me. <laughs> will be. It was a very – Yeah. Yeah. So right. this – Extremely dramatically and loudly, so that the exactly. whole train was, car like, he can hear his him. Throat a couple times, just first. said "fuck the cops" <laughs> right to, to their face. <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah, right? <laughs> attention, so, everyone. Uh, and yeah. the quote was that uh, while well, everyone is impressed by this completely unprovoked hostility towards authority, <laughs> and, and yeah, he's right. instantly a hero. <laughs> quote, Before he had even set foot in it, McMurdo the turbulent had become a character in Vermissa, and of course, this is Vermissa Valley. Uh, mm-hmm. the place indicated um, by the tag in the back of the coat found at the bottom of the moat where that man was yeah. smote. <laughs> so, so, yes. Uh, he falls in love with the dame. Yes. Uh, she's already got a scourer, suitor. And she's got a name this she time. She does. <laughs> she has a name. This is Etty. Uh, this is Etty yeah. Shafter. And, yes. So, he begs Etty to break off her engagement with this other scourer and and be with him instead um she says okay uh Mm. if we do that we're gonna have to literally run for our lives you cool with that and he says and he says no (laughs) my pride will not allow it and it's adorable (laughs) this man is this man is such a caricature of like stubborn manliness Mm. but he says that like he says quote if the men have done crime after crime in the valley, and everyone knows them by name, how comes it that none of them are brought to justice? Quote. How in how indeed? Right. Uh, it's it's deplorable to think that such a thing <laughs> would be allowed to happen on a grand scale among among elected right. officials and other representatives in government. No, Can I cannot imagine. imagine. Nick, it beggars the imagination. <laughs> it fairly staggers the mind to try and wrap itself around such a preposterous concept. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Baldwin, <laughs> the uh, the cat to whom Ellie is betrothed, uh, shows up. They bluff and boast. And I thought they were going to fight for a minute, but they did not. Yeah. I, I did know. too. Straight and up. Like so right there. They go, they go to <laughs> yeah. see McGinty, uh, the man he was supposed to have seen in the first place, but did not because he was lazy. They go to see McGinty and they say, okay, he'll smooth things over. Mm-hmm. So they go to McGinty's bar, which is like cheers, but for murderers. It stabs. Come on down to stabs. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. So he walks in. Um, he immediately just heads straight to the boss and introduces himself. And just this guy is just repeatedly described as just charisma. Oh, yeah. Over a hundred. Just incre- like everyone His he talks to, he can charm them. He, you know. 
Like, by all accounts, he should have been either punched or stabbed three different times right. before he even, like, starts talking to the boss, but he manages to avoid it each time. Uh, he start, he talks to the boss, the boss is impressed, he, uh, he immediately is like, you know what, sure, you, you know, you, I, we want you yeah. in this, uh, in our club, uh, he, the boss, uh, uh, Baldwin kind of, has some, uh, drama with McGinty and he's like, listen, you know, I, uh, and, but the boss, uh, kind of is just like, nah, you guys are, you guys are brothers just be cool. in this, yeah. like together. You, you gotta just, just be cool. We'll smooth it over right now. And he I like forces them this to, part yeah. so much. Well, first of all, it was really good. It was really good. Yeah. Mick Murdo, uh, impresses the chief and said, yeah. or, uh, you know, McGinty impresses McGinty by saying, look, I would be a valuable mm-hmm. asset to your organization. You want to know why? Oh, I don't know. You guys like a little thing called money and brings out some monies. And it turns out that he, <laughs> uh, much like the bad guy in the Garadeb story is in fact a counterfeitsman, um, that he makes the right damnedest fine uh faux bills you have ever seen in your life they are practically indistinguishable from the real thing uh Mm -hmm. so then baldwin (laughs) comes in aaron grievances and uh mcmurdo's like dude what's your deal i said i'd fight you (laughs) like what (laughs) was the problem (laughs) (laughs) like i told you to come outside you didn't come outside i thought we were done here i quote bro come at me and the fact that you failed to do so is you (laughs) dropping the issue as far as i'm concerned but so he says he uh baldwin says you know this this man's trying to move in on my turf here mcginty says the young lady is free to choose for herself to which baldwin says uh the fuck she is (laughs) right and mcginty says oh i see oh i didn't realize that chokes to meet you like he literally just turns and he starts like like Vader style yep. force strangling this dude. It says, "You want to be a body master? Mm-hmm. How about I make you body, just a regular one?" <laughs> Throws him over a barrel, and it's just like after that yeah, he's he done. Says, he's no. like, All right, I'm not. I'm not saying Actually, anything else against cool. him. All right, I we're guess we're cool, cool now. wise, and benevolent. Yeah. Leader. <laughs> yep. Yes. Right. Yeah, it's it's made very obvious from the beginning that For nobody questions reason. McGinty. He is utterly utterly in control of everyone in the room at all times he will absolutely kill you without blinking or thinking about it yeah um so mcmurdo gets in uh immediately becomes uh part of this uh it gets uh indoctrin or not indoctrinated inducted it's like inducted there we go (laughs) um yeah initiated into the society uh which involves him being led blindfolded into a room and uh he gets the um he gets branded on his arm, which is right. the triangle circle shape. The Alan uh, that you see yeah. early in part one. <laughs> right. Uh, and he just doesn't even blink. He, uh, he takes the, he takes the, um, brand without even Said he's had worse. Know, screaming or anything. And just immediately everyone is this like, this awesome. guy is a badass. Like we're, the, you know, this guy's awesome. We're like, and the, and the boss is like, you know what, dude, you're, you've got, you're, you're going right. places here. We, you know, we all admire you and all that stuff. And, uh, so yeah, and he goes, um, he go, the very first, uh, job that they do. So basically this, it, it kind of just spends the next couple chapters illustrating how this society runs, yeah. how they do their business and what yeah. a typical like job is for them. It's always murder. They're, I was going to say the secret ingredient is crimes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, they're just, they're just a huge crime club basically they just go around if anyone challenges their authority or says any bad word against them they they get hit uh it's like the mafia basically and um the first job that they go on is there's this uh reporter of a local publication 
And he was saying something in his, he published an article where he was like, this town is in the grip of this group, the scourers. They're, you know, they're controlling this. They're controlling us. How long are we going to put up with this? And they're like, well, we can't have that. Go, let's go hit this guy. And it's just this yeah. old, old man. And they show up to the, yeah, they show up to this, uh, to the, um, newspaper, uh, the newspaper place. Yeah. And, um, and just, uh, uh, so Baldwin is leading the group. It's like a group of five guys. Murdo's there. Um, five guys murders. Uh, five guys murders. <laughs> and this murder is overpriced and, and really just okay. Uh, the funny thing is I've never had five guys because I can't go in there because they keep big barrels of just like straight, like do. pure peanuts just right there in the building. So, it's like, I can't even walk in there. Well, you know, they just approved but, uh, clinical trials yep. for the first uh, peanut allergy treatment so soon. Seriously? Yeah. They can have Snickers again? <laughs> Five Guys is, Sweet. I find right. that, like, obviously, like, a really good, like, proper restaurant hamburger. Like, if you go to a nice restaurant, get, that's going to be something mm. special. But, like, I find that past yeah. a certain threshold, any any fast food burger that describes itself as being, like, gourmet or upscale just basically tastes like more expensive Wendy's, <laughs> which I'm not I'm not complaining about. Yeah. I, really, I think it's more <laughs> for Wendy's than it does about them, but, uh, right? yeah. Wendy's just that exactly. good. Exactly. No, Five Guys yeah. is D- just okay. <laughs> yeah, I think my favorite burger that I've ever had is, there was a, oh my gosh, let's see if I can remember the, okay, The Habit, I found them in... Uh, like near Valencia when I went to school at, uh, uh, in Santa Clarita yeah. at College of the Canyons. So it, it's called the Habit, like a monk's habit, you know, the outfit that they right. wear. I don't know why that, like, inspired the name of the restaurant, but it was a teriyaki burger sure. with grilled pineapple Ooh. on it. And it was absolutely phenomenal. Whoa, and no burger I ever have for the rest of my life will compare to that burger. Yes, I will be forever searching for something to match the teriyaki grilled pineapple burger yeah. from the habit so yeah good the stuff habit not our sponsor, and also <laughs> but if they'd like to be but yep i will yeah so there's none out here sadly but yeah, yeah. um ain't that I'll, the way yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking around we do have a wendy's that always plays like classical music over the speakers nice. though which is yeah i don't like it's great i love it our local Wendy's just, yeah. I found my burger place pretty much as soon as we moved here because it was right next to my job, which is nice. It's a little family-run place nice. called Haven Burgers. Uh, it's delicious. Mm. I love it to death. Um, I took uh, Thony and Dylan there when they came out to... I, I took them out there when they came out here to hang out with me last summer, and the owner still asks about them, which is great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, when are those guys coming back? Exactly. <laughs> he also yells <laughs> his really wrong opinions just across the entire restaurant about politics, and, like, you can't tell him man to... I mean, he owns the place exactly what are you gonna do (laughs) it's real bad speaking of restaurants where the boss yells a lot um they're at mcginty's one night and one night a Mm. copper comes a colin he is and it's and this distinction is important he is not like police police he is mine police police of the mines like the coal mines which was a private Mm -hmm. force a private security force that the railways had put together because the local police exactly well because (laughs) the local police were completely corrupt and unreliable so (laughs) (laughs) so he shows up to speak to uh to mcginty and this is a captain marvin um, we meet this guy. He <laughs> is met very coldly, uh, but doesn't seem to mind. And he recognizes McMurdo from their Chicago days, uh, where he yeah. murdered a dude. But he's willing to let murder be bygones. So that's nice. Right, he's like, 
He's like, oh, McMurdo, I remember. Don't think I forgot about that time you murdered hey, that you dude in Chicago. Like, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Just, like, you seem like you're doing okay right now. You're not really doing you any do. crimes at the moment, so... No eh, more murders, like, you. <laughs> I'm keeping my eye on you, but, you exactly. know, as long as you don't do any more from now, you're yeah. good. And so that, yeah, that was weird, that but was that weird. happened. Well, and then, <laughs> yeah. then Captain Marvin takes off. He buzzes off out of there after McMurdo tells him to. McMurdo says, yeah, okay, whatever, get out of here. I'm trying to enjoy my evening. Mm-hmm. And he does so. And, like, everybody liked McMurdo before. They thought he was a real <laughs> solid dude. You're a real Ferris Bueller type. He is a king now. Because he just right, told yeah. the law to fuck off, and they did so. Right. He is a scofflaw bandit king. Everyone in there respects him. Yes. He's, like, almost second to the boss he at this is. point. It's important to notice that, like, every time something happens to this dude he comes out looking better and being more beloved by these people it's yeah pretty good so yes it transpires that the lodges because there's more there are a million lodges all throughout the country mm-hmm. uh, much like there are yeah. with masonic lodges um mm-hmm. they trade men from lodge to lodge uh to do crimes so that locally right. they the crimes are seen to be committed by strangers so yeah which makes sense. Yeah, it does. That's actually a really yeah. good idea. Um, right. Yeah, like if I were going to be running a secret criminal crime lodge, I would I would try to do that too. That would be the best way to operate it. Make, yeah, it totally exactly. makes sense. So, uh wine, women and song transpire. Everybody is high on evil and uh they <laughs> as you say, they go and they beat the living shit out of this newsman, uh essentially for right. doing his job, which sucks. Yeah. Um uh <laughs> what's his name? Baldwin wants to finish the job even though they were given explicit instructions to let him live as a warning and McMurdo mm-hmm. is like hey pal easy uh why don't we let time take right. care of this guy for us and they get the yeah. fuck out of there while the getting is good McMurdo mm-hmm. is very worried about like being seen because he's new in town and all this and McGinty says have no fears boys for we have a dozen witnesses that we are in the union bar at this very moment which like yikes like you could yeah. ju- you have a million witnesses that just say no nah, they were here with me the whole time prove they weren't right yeah there's there's constant indication or there's constant hints that the of the power of this organization yeah, and the many unsettling. branches they're all they're connected they're organized to the extreme like to like airtight nobody people from the groups get arrested constantly and just let off the very same day yeah because of just the influence is real bad incredible yeah Yeah. so the next morning he's reading the newspaper uh he doesn't have to go to work if he doesn't want to because he's a counterfeiter which he's just making some money yeah Yeah, literally makes sense (laughs) at home so he's reading the newspaper the newspaper is real mad that its daddy got beat up and they stop Mm -hmm. there's a scathing editorial about the crime and corruption and and it stops just short of like outright naming the lodge what happens next yeah um so after that something kind of odd happens uh mcmurdo gets a letter uh saying come to this park at this certain time and meet me there Mm -hmm. and he's not he has no idea who sent it who sent it so he's he has no idea who but of course he shows up and it turns out it's someone from the lodge uh correct it's brother morris brother morris and i wanted to talk about this guy real quick yeah uh yeah go on Brother Morris, he is very important. Brother (laughs) Morris was the only one at this meeting when they were talking about how great they were and how many local things they had in their pockets. He was the only one Mm -hmm. preaching any measure of caution. He's the one who said, hey, maybe we shouldn't literally murder that newspaper editor. Just kind of take it easy on the local guys. Because he points out that, like... These guys are powerful and they're corrupt and their 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 uh mastery is nearing absolute, but like they're kind of idiots because 
they have driven away or straight out murdered every like local business or business interest that opposed them and as a result mm -hmm. they have left themselves surrounded only by powers that by definition were too big for them to threaten in the first place <laughs> like yeah. they have killed yeah. off all the small fish and now they are a medium fish surrounded by very <laughs> large fish so right yeah uh, and everybody just blows them off and says "Wow, ah, boo sucks eh, shut up nerd eh, yeah. booze um as is the custom yeah so it is It is this voice of caution uh, who has sent McMurdo mm -hmm. this note. And what does he want to talk about at the flagpole? I, basically, he is just – he kind of just wants to – he wants to warn McMurdo basically about the depths to what he's getting into. No. This guy honestly really doesn't want to be part of this society anymore. He's got a wife. He's got three kids. And he's like, dude, if I do anything wrong, they will just kill me and probably my whole family too. Yeah. And – I don't want to be part of this anymore, but there's no way for me to get out because I'm so I'm already in it, you know, and there's you just can't leave once you're right. in it. And he's trying to basically, you know, he, he's really got good intentions. He just doesn't want McMurdo to get to the point where he's right. at, where he just like he's like trying to warn him. And McMurdo's like, nah, I'm you know, I'm loyal to this. Like, you, you know, you're you're not telling me that you're like weak or anything and the guy's like no you know i just i really and he doesn't even know that mcmurdo's not gonna immediately go back and tell the boss this and have that happen he's just like i feel like i can trust you right. and so i'm telling you this and uh mcmurdo's like you know what i don't agree with you but i'll keep your word i'm not gonna tell the boss and he's like all right fair enough um see ya and they they make up like uh a reason why he would be talking to him so he's like you know if if the boss asks right like if the boss asks, just say i was offering you a job at my dry goods store and that's basically the end of that conversation. But now we, we kind of have this, uh, we have a picture of this guy who's just kind of like, I don't know, it, it just further, just kind of like, this guy kind of is just like, he's aware of how evil yeah. everything that's going on is. He's like, these aren't just people who are, you know, like they they just like murdering for the sake of murder. Yeah, basically. they do. They're, they're, they're just in they're it for monsters. power. Yeah, and they revel in it too much. Yeah, and it's clear that there are like two main philosophies in the group. One of them is your Baldwin's and your McGinty's and your McMurdo's. You're just crimes ahoy. Let's just let's <laughs> exploit this. Yeah as much as we possibly can and the others mm. like morris who are not so much in it for the crimes and who go along because they're terrified not to but like he he is implied to not be the only one who's like hey guys remember when we were about like charity and helping the community and not right. quite so much about murdering human men who have families and yeah <laughs> right yeah. so he's he's representative of a, of a yeah. small population and it's just it's an implication that the thing is not as solid as it seems. Yeah. It's very much based on just fear for those people and very little yeah. else. It's just kind of like, we all say that this is what we're doing, so we're just unquestioningly going along exactly. with it. We're and, all scared of Boss yeah, McGinty so, because we imagine that he'll have literally all of us killed. And he probably could. And he probably, yeah, exactly. It's it's not unwarranted. It is, it's not an so, invalid fear. Well, so the next day, uh, McGinty comes a-calling on McMurdo at his home and interrogates him as to his, you know, time as a flagpole sitter. Like, what were you, oh, what yeah. were you doing talking to, talking to Morris, who, who I believe is disloyal and this just really serves to underscore right. that there are eyes everywhere you don't do anything in this town without boss mcginty knowing about it literally yeah. so he said yeah. oh yeah he was offering me a job i told him i'm a counterfeiter i don't need a job but thank you anyway when suddenly <laughs> cops to meet you they just 
they mm-hmm. storm the place and everybody panics, but they only they only want McMurdo. They don't want McGinty, which is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, because they suspect him in the beating of the editor. Uh, his his counterfeiting mm-hmm. setup is safely hidden, and McGinty's like, "Rah, this is a public outrage." So they take him to the jail to find like mm-hmm. all of his bros, the bros who were there the night of the beating, Baldwin and all the other cats, just waiting for him. Yeah. And it's like, oh no, we're in jail. We're such bad men. Right. Like they have actually arrested everyone involved in this. Literally incident, everyone. But literally every man who was there. Yeah. And but even like the night that they're in there, one of the guards like sneaks in some whiskey and some cards exactly. for them to play with and just like keep them entertained. A they're in that so, like, they have, like one of those electricity like, balls from that store in the mall that you put your hand on and it goes zoop zoop, zoop. <laughs> right? Like a little hedgehog that plays and, the piano in a bow tie. Oh, right. So like from that from the second he lands in jail, it's clear that like this is not serious at right. all like they've got they've already got people infiltrated and he, he goes the very next day is just let go and everyone else is left off just immediately yeah. illustrating just the power of the reach of Correct. the of the group like there's they're untouchable basically and not all in town are pleased about this uh and an, yeah. an upright citizens brigade of townsfolk are like this is kind of the last straw for them because they love this newspaper editor. Right. so they're they're gonna settle this hash if they if they can help it yeah so nicholas it occurred to me as as i was reading this like do you think in our human world that skullduggery mm. and intrigue and crime syndicates and similar do you think they're like way more common than we think and they're happening like all the time all around us or do Holmes and Watson live on a planet that's like 90% crime <laughs> <laughs> um i i don't i honestly don't know i'm like right in the middle yeah. because on the one hand i as a person just I don't know. I just really, truly want to think that everyone is secretly good. Yeah. And we all, everyone has the best, like, interests at heart. But also at the same time, someone actually literally stole my ID That's and is point. using it to commit crimes every single That's day as their point. job. You might not be And I was a direct victim here. of yeah. that. <laughs> so, like, I think that, I do think that the majority of people are decent and law-abiding just out of fear of the law sure. if, and nothing else. It works. But I definitely, yeah, I definitely think that there's people who just actively get around it and are just like, nah, you know, literally fuck the police. Like, I'm just going to do whatever I want and um, try and catch me. But I don't know. I think I, I don't know. I mean, I think there's just a lot of elements to it. And I think that if I had to say if there was anyone involved in like really big, serious crimes, it would be rich people yeah and people who have like status and the right. crimes that they're committing are so complex and systematic that it's like like they're and systematic they're yeah that, systems in place that, like big big self-sustaining processes like right yeah like and i definitely don't level stuff <laughs> yeah and i definitely don't think it's because of I think the motivations are different. I think in the Sherlock Holmes stories and in most detective stories, people are just committing crimes because they are evil and love to murder. And they're just reveling in it, basically, and they love power. I think in reality, the reason why most people are doing illegal things, even sometimes out in the open, (laughs) even sometimes the president of the United States... Mm. Because of money. It's just greed, basically. I think people just care more about money than human lives. 
And that's the, I, I think the motivations are different, but I, so yeah, I guess ultimately I do think that we do live in crime world, yeah. but I, I think it's I, a reasonable conclusion. That's, I don't know. That's not the position I'm, I'm I had torn. when we started this tangent, but you won me over. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No. I don't know. Like, I didn't mean to do that. Like, there definitely are still plenty of good people yeah. out there in the world, Casey. Believe me. Trust me. We have to believe have that, to. basically. We have to. But, um. Well, that said. Yeah, I don't know. Um. <laughs> what do you think? I, I don't. I, I don't know. Like, I have to filter... I'm sorry, did I just destroy your no, life with that? No, it's fine. I just have to filter everything through, like, my instinct is to think that m- the majority, the overwhelming majority of people are good and that the world is a place that's trying to make itself better. But then I look at a guy like me saying that and I'm like, I'm a straight white man. Of course the world is amazing. Why would it be full of bad people? <laughs> and so, I don't... Mm. I, th- I think that if I... I don't know. I, I think that people ultimately just want to be safe. That's and fair. when their safety is threatened, that's when people start doing things that are illegal. And that could mean like they don't have enough money to live, stuff like that. It could, I don't know. I think most of the motivation for crimes are, again, it depends on whether you're rich or poor. Yeah, I think if you're rich, you're just committing crimes because you want more money. And if you're poor, you're committing crimes because you're just trying to not that's die. That's a really excellent point. Uh, is that there's a, there's a difference between rich crime and poor crime, and like it's been pointed out that what what illegal or or like what was it? Uh, Jeff Bezos, the the Amazon guy, had to pay off yeah. like like fourteen grand in uh in parking tickets, and like mm-hmm. what what payable with a fine really means is legal for rich people like right yeah so (laughs) right yeah like there's a difference between someone who's doing crimes because they're poor and desperate and the system is intentionally designed to screw them over and people who are Mm. building and protecting and participating in established networks of crime to smuggle humans and drugs throughout the world like right i don't know and that's an interesting thing because you're right. The the whole idea of the law is that like, hey, here's a big scary system. Don't do anything wrong and you won't have to participate in it. It'll just leave you alone, which is not true. That's mm-hmm. not how that works. But absolutely not. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but there's there's a point there that we've talked about before about the separation between law, between ethics and morality and how mm-hmm. we are told that they are the same thing at the low level, that stealing, even if you're hungry and your family is hungry, that that is a morally wrong thing to do and that it is a crime because it is against the goodness. And, I mean, that's bullshit. That's not a thing. There's no there's, mo- there's no moral <laughs> weight attached to it. Was Jean Valjean actually wrong? Did, no, no, no. No. Liz Layton, we, we hear you yelling off in the distance. But... But what, like the higher and higher up the crimosphere you go, like the more <laughs> yeah. and more detached these ideas become from anything resembling morality as we recognize it, right? Like, mm. like when you get into super corporations doing, you know, billion dollar deals for people's data being sold to hackers or whom the fuck ever. Yeah. Like, there's no moral tag on that. Like, that doesn't enter into the system of good and evil. That's just an insane thing that's happening with, with amounts of money that right. should not exist. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well. It's, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm kind of just, just kind of just, and the way I kind of try to deal with that knowledge is just like, 
I, I, I guess I just kind of try to focus on the people I know are actually good yeah. people and people who are actually doing, like, there's the whole, I, I think, I, I don't know, I read some article or post or something a long time ago that was like, uh, when something horrible is happening, just focus on the helpers, sure. focus on the people the who Fred are Rogers trying yeah. to, you know, exactly. Like, people are always going to be, there's always going to be bad things going on that you personally, as an individual, can't control. Yep. But there's almost always 100% of the time, or 90, almost 100%, yeah. there's, there's usually almost always something you can do, even indirectly. Like, you can, you can vote, you can, um, you can donate a little bit of money, even if you don't have that much. You can do, you know, right. you can, you can tweet about something yeah. that is wrong just to call attention to do it. Do what you can. You know, like, you just whatever you can. It's just better than doing nothing. It's true. And it's not like you don't really want to hear that. You want to be like, nah, I'm going to pull that Superman suit out of my closet, right. put it on, and I'm going to go personally save the world as an individual. Like, not like that doesn't happen. It's yeah. it's the normal everyday average person can't do that. But there is always something you can do, and it's always better than doing nothing. It's always better than doing so. Nothing. Yeah, I saw an interesting post yeah. about um. It, it it was specifically relating to American relationships with guns, but I think it applies mm-hmm. it applies in a broader broader sense and context. It was like, um, if you if you talk to somebody and they they really love their gun like a lot and they say I'll do anything to protect my family I'll do it I shouldn't put an accent on that I apologize um yeah. and they say <laughs> I'll do anything to protect my family I'll defend this family with this gun and I'll I'll do anything to help them and you're like oh okay cool mm-hmm. you know what actually helps families like if you did laundry for your wife like every day do you have any idea how dangerous it is not to have clean clothes for children do you have any idea how transmissible diseases are via clothes it's like dude diarrhea mm-hmm. can dehydrate and kill a child under five it's one of the leading causes of death so yeah. really if you want to defend your family what you can do is do a lot of laundry every single day and the guy's like well i don't i don't really want to do that i want to be a hero with a gun and like and <laughs> yeah. that's yeah and that's just a specific <laughs> gun example that was being used but you're absolutely right it is mm-hmm. people people don't want to do the everyday little bit at a time work people want to strike big blows against evil and right. tyranny and you know how you strike big blows against evil and tyranny you do little blows against evil and tyranny your whole life that's what it is that's that, that's all mm-hmm. you can do yep <laughs> that's that's all you can do yeah. unfortunately we are not spider-man no, that's not. and well as, as much as, as I know. wished I was, yeah. yeah like as my, again, as my, like if I was, why would I tell you? But um, hmm. yeah. I mean, it's like yeah, we're really, and especially young boys too, which I think is where a lot of the gun culture comes oh, yeah. from. Is they're really just sold this image of like if like individual superheroes with just awesome powers or weapons or like the Tony Stark kind yeah. of person who can just like blast his way through any villain and you know win and get the girl right. but in it's just not that's just not how reality it, works that's not like you know it's not even if you become a cop that's not how it works no. you know you're not and it's well yeah it's in theory of, uh, <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> ideally uh well but yeah well speaking and, of cops and how systems do and do not yeah. work um, <laughs> we could talk about this all day but let's we not <laughs> really could well uh yeah there was a very important vote in the senate that had uh, a very disappointing result today for us listeners so uh talk of accountability and of uh the rich being held to the same standard that everyone else is forced to be held to uh is much on our minds so mcmurdo having walked in and out of 
prison or jail rather is is now a mm-hmm. god among men everybody yeah. loves him um however it mm-hmm. has also earned him enemies in the lodge such as baldwin because he's now got all this good press and eddie's father says nah dog you extra cannot date my daughter now Although, I don't know how I would possibly enforce that, because as noted, I am terrified of the the organization that you are secretly (laughs) rising through the ranks of, so please don't date my daughter, is essentially what I'm saying here. (laughs) Sir. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So they basically, they, um... I know this is relevant. It's kind of like his relationship with her is like kind of relevant to the story, but also not super. It is and it isn't. It it's... just pales so much in the comparison with like all the other shit that's going yeah, down. So um, she, <laughs> she makes a last bid for his soul, seeing that he's like set up to become the next McGinty. So she says, I, look, he's he's my yeah. boyfriend and I loves him, even though him's a bad, bad man. Mm-hmm. And... um. <laughs> Oh, by the way, this story is racist as hell, but, like, at the Irish, which isn't something we recognize in in this time and place, but, like, for a... Is it? It's, yeah, because it's constantly <laughs> talking about how, oh, his Irish this and that, oh, his gilded Irish tongue. Yeah, it does mention and, it a lot, yeah. Like, sprinkles some Gaelic in there. He calls her a kushla all the time, and it's just, it's... Which is actually... I have a note in Tell my, me. um... In my book that is, that will absolutely just kill you dead. So that, that is not actually, Conan Doyle isn't Irish. He's Scottish. It is very much not. Um, I think the note here, I'm just gonna read it it to you. Um, okay. So the note is right after that word first appears. Conan Doyle's mangled attempt to recreate an Irish endearment. What this word actually means is, oh diarrhea. Per the Oxford edition of the Valley of Fear. That's fantastic. So, very good. I came here with my barbecue already lit, ready to roast Doyle. That absolutely killed me. I thought that was the funniest thing ever. And you know, the, so, the best part of that, <laughs> Doyle would think that was hilarious. He, oh yeah, no, he would. Yeah. Someone would bring that to his attention and he'd be like, oh, oh. whoops, my oh, bad. I'm a dumbass. It Sorry. appears to transpire. Yep. <laughs> so, yes. So, Any, anyway. Yeah, yeah so this, there's uh, that. Hello, racist. But, um... <laughs> so she makes uh, a call on him and says, look, I'm going to try and save my boyfriend. And she she mm. startles him from behind, as one should always do with murderers. And he, right? he rounds <laughs> on her, and she she gets lightly strangled for her trouble. Like a little, a little mm. mild yeah, choking. Yeah, lightly strangled. Yeah, and at this point she's just like, hey, I really like you, but I just don't. I don't agree with the whole crime thing. I really want you to get out of this. I'm, I want to marry you. So can you just like, could have done without the strangling just now? Right. (laughs) And also what was that? Um, and he's basically just like, look, I like you too. I just need you to hang on for a little bit. A year. Give me a year. And I will fight. Yeah. He gives her, he, he's like six months, eh, actually a year (laughs) just to be safe. And, um, I, I promise you that I will, I will get out of this. It's just going to take some time. And this is a very complicated situation, but he doesn't give her any details right. about well, and he, it. He's like, he I really can't say anything. Point that, like, she's like, come away with me, McMurdo. My daddy has socked away some monies, and we're going to go to the big city where we'll be safe from these bad men. And he's like, now tell me, what part of Murder Club suggests to you <laughs> that they would... <laughs> that they're just going to let that happen. Yeah, I would love to know which which part of Murder Club... <laughs> It just makes it seem reasonable to you. Like, they'd be cool with that. Right, yeah. And at this point, you, like, 
you you are utterly in agreement with him that like yeah no there's no way that just him leaving no. and taking off and disappearing you can't disappear at this it can't point. be You're done too and it, what's Im- it it's important yeah. to note that throughout this entire thing jack mcmurdo is painted as a bad guy certainly not a good not yeah. a good no, dude. he's a crime he's a crimesman yeah he's crime. but yeah that he has uh a, a code of sorts that he has uh, a sense of, I don't know that honor is the word. He's honestly got like kind of a Klingon sense of honor in that he doesn't necessarily yeah. apply moral weight to actions, but that he holds his own actions accountable and that there are things he will and will not do. So like he is, mm-hmm. you know, to quote Maxwell Smart in the um, seminal 2008 masterpiece, <laughs> Get Smart. Uh, I saw that four times yeah. in the theaters. I love that fucking movie. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Did you ever watch the show? Like the, the original, original show with Don Adams? No, uh, I I did not because the and the seasons aren't available on Amazon. I'm very sad. No, it's so funny, but the movie was also really funny. Yeah, Maxwell Smart describes the bad guys as saying, "Yes, they are bad guys, but that is what they do, not who they are." And that's not always <laughs> the case, especially when the case is presidential. But um, like in, <laughs> yeah. in this particular instance, it seems to be true. McMurdo does yeah. bad guy, not is bad guy. He seems to genuinely right. care for Eddie. It's kind of one of those situations where you're getting the point of view of a criminal, yeah. of someone who's not a good person, but you're still kind of like you're not really rooting for them, but you are just like interested in what exactly happens. because well, and especially it's compared to the rest of the people in this group. Like he's not just a wanton slaughter man. Like he's not he's not no. doing it for the love of it. He doesn't enjoy it like they do. There's a bit where Baldwin murdered some dude, and they like they have him reenact the guy dying and screaming for his life and shit. And like they mm. all they all do it with this like ghoulish delight. And McMurdo's over there yeah. just drinking and like yeah, I'm not I'm not about this life. He doesn't really engage in the like. He's not really reveling in the murder. No. And even, uh, there's a job that comes, uh, I think, th- I think it comes after, I think we're going mostly in order. I think so. Uh, where he's, uh, he's in charge of a job where he has to, um, he has to kill a, uh, an owner manager of a particular mine. And this guy's like an old soldier. They've been after him for a really long time. They keep attempting to kill him, but failing. And the boss is like, the only way we can possibly kill this guy is if we just blow up his right. house. And McMurdo's like, okay, sure, like, I get it. And he's like, oh, by the way, this guy has a wife and some kids, and they're going to be in the house. You're going to have to kill them, too. It's just part of, like, it sucks, but we got to do it. And McMurdo's like, I don't like that very much. Is there any way that we can, you know, not do that? And Boston McKenzie's like, are you questioning me? And McMurdo's like, nope, nope, I'll do it. It's fine. shut the fuck up and uh, die. Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. So he's obviously, he's not in the same league as the people who are, like, reveling in the murder but he's also not like morris where he's just is it morris it is morris it's morris yeah. right yeah brother morris where he's just like i really don't want to be a part of this but i'm here i am right. you know and i can't get he out. likes the work he's, but not the company so much he yeah he does he he really does seem to be 100 percent loyal to the boss yeah. and willing to do whatever he says Again, like a good or very like a good on. club member yeah, yeah 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 definitely he's got yeah so so that happens he he leads this um he leads this job. They do manage to blow up the, blow up the guy's house, but it's realized, uh, it's revealed after the fact that the guy they were trying to kill, uh, wasn't there when they blew up the right. house. He, he had found out from the police or someone. He saw the pattern uh, beforehand of and was able to. Yeah. 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 He, he figured out what was going on, smelled danger and, you know, booked it the Got night the before. Hell out. Yeah. 
So there's there's the blowing up of the house. There's it's it's being yeah. made clear that things are ramping up. Things are accelerating, mm-hmm. and it talks about yeah. how all through the winter there's this litany of of murders and extortions and beatings and explosions, and it's a real bad time. And the the grip of this organization on this town cannot be overstated. And really, mm-hmm. like the key moment, what really exemplifies both this organization and McMurdo's place in it is that he and Scanlan, who uh, are rooming together, are asked to mm-hmm. host these two guest murdermans uh, from another lodge. Mm-hmm. And they're told, okay, look, yeah. this is real secret. The other guys in the lodge don't even know these people are here. They're just going to stay with you. They're going to go do a thing. You're just going to take care of them. It's going to be fine. But they follow mm-hmm. them. And these two dudes, early in the morning, they meet up with some other dudes. And then uh, McMurdo and Scanlan are like, where are these guys going? So they follow them to a mine, like a coal mine, where they yeah. proceed to perpetrate a massacre cuz like there's like yeah. there's like a gangland sh- there's a gangland shooting like hey you're in the way of our business interests bang you're dead in the street this sends a message whatever but this is this is mm-hmm. the wholesale slaughter of human beings like animals they cut like a dozen people down while they're trying to go to work and it's yeah. it's a nightmare, and this is the point where right. the thing really starts to break because Scanlan, his buddy, is shooketh because up mm. to this point he thought that this was a fun club for being a tough guy, and you go you know you go rough up uh, a big mouth newsman so he knows his place. Yeah, right. Not, like yeah, someone dies occasionally, but it's like eh, it's it's exactly whatever, yeah. not so much a mass yeah. killing that would even get attention in 2020 uh, on 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 the daily news feeds. <laughs> At least for a little uh, yeah. while. At least until... For a, like a day or two. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. If not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like cutting down human men at their places of work. Like, I don't want to die at my job. Fuck you. Don't kill me at my job. Right. I don't even want to be here <laughs> right I now. I have to spend eternity <laughs> in a call center because of you assholes. I swear to God. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, and that's where it's really exemplified that, like... Scanlan is not okay with it. He did, he's not he's not cool with the murders. And McMurdo yeah. says like, yeah, they just killed they killed a lot of people, but he's unrepentant about it. As far as he is concerned, those people played mm-hmm. stupid games and won stupid prizes by opposing the lodge. Right. He's like, it's it's a war, and this is how it exactly. goes. Exactly. He literally calls it yeah, a he war just... at one point, and in yeah. war, all yeah. things are permitted. Yeah. So so it, I think uh, so. Shortly after that, I think. Uh, is when, yeah, uh, and then, uh, so that happens. Right. Um, things are obviously like tensions are as high as they have ever been. And spring rolls around and, uh, Brother Morris gets a letter from someone that he knows in, I don't know if it says where. Where was it? Chicago? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Um, and, um, he gets a letter from someone saying, hey, uh, the, the lodge or the uh the freemen are under um investigation a pinkerton detective mm-hmm. is into your guys's case and he knows what's going on and he's coming to basically take you guys apart here's the guy's name uh and he's coming and you are not going to survive no, you this, you guys are and, boned yeah 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 this guy is like well known detective coming to get you well and uh, basically and, and a brief a yeah. brief word on pinkertons so Aside from, aside from, being, <laughs> I saw your whole face light up. When oh I god, I that. love that! I got so excited when I. Oh man! So Ooh. aside from being a pretty good Weezer album, 
The Pinkertons were a private detective agency founded in, I want to say, the 1850s. They actually served as uh, Lincoln's bodyguards for a long time, and they they did. They claimed to have foiled a plot or two against him in their time, which, who knows? Uh, they're also they're also notable. Not all of them, though. Well, uh, <laughs> not the one part. Yeah. Um, we had plans for everything except small balls of lead. Uh, they're also R.I.P. Abel. R.S.V.P. President Lincoln. So they they're also notable for hiring women and minorities, like always. Oh, damn. Which. All Which right. is both awesome of them to do, and also because who would suspect in the 1800s a woman or a minority of being a... Pr- it's super smart. Exactly. It was very yeah. good. So here's the <laughs> yeah. thing. They started out as private detectives and private security and then became nightmare people. Uh, they... Oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason this is a big <laughs> deal is because they... God, I don't even know how to explain this. So they were hired as strike breakers and as union busters uh, during the early unionization <gasps> oh. efforts. They, uh, their motto was "We never sleep," which is terrifying. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the way the way it's best put is that these men are not cops. And as as Miller, not Miller, Morris, as Morris says to him, "quote mm. It's not a take it or miss it government concern. It's a dead earnest business proposition." So it's like this is money, and and he makes the point yeah. that like the people who have hired this detective, it's five corporations and two railroads, seven major companies have said, look, these guys have been fucking us up, and we need you to do something about it right now. Just do it. I don't care. Here's yeah. all of our money. Yeah. Just whatever we're paying you cannot cannot match what these guys are taking from us. So like this right. this guy is a terminator, and he is coming to end them. They are terrified, and mm-hmm. they are correct to be so. Yeah. So. So, yeah, uh, Morris says, I don't know what to do about this. You guys are the murder mans. I don't want to be, I'm not a murder man, whatever. And so McMurdo <laughs> says, right. okay, I'm going to take this out of your limp fish hands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and your trembling fingers. Exactly. Well, what's interesting yeah. is that Morris is, he's clearly the conscience, right? But he's also such yeah. a fucking dweeb. <laughs> He is like you. You already joined that. Like you're done, dude. Like I'm sorry. Like, Narc. I don't even know how you're still in the like in the club at this point. God, whatever. He's so like like the boss is constantly saying, "I got my eye on him. I got my eye on this guy. We're gonna we're just gonna end him one of these." And then he doesn't. He just lets him hang exactly. around for some reason. Okay. Um, conveniently for yeah, but um, yeah. So so he gets. He's like, "All right, you know, don't even worry about it. I'll. I'm gonna take this letter. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take it to the boss. I'm just. I'm not even gonna mention you. You're. It, it's, it's fine. fine. I'm this taking an anonymous it. Don't source. worry about it." Yeah. So, but he yeah. before and, before yeah. going to the boss, uh, he goes home. Yeah. He burns his evidence dungeon. Like he gets rid of his, <laughs> you know, like he, he opens the secret room. He's got his counterfeiting shit in or whatever, and he's like, "No, no, right, I'm not yeah. even. No, uh-uh, this is gone. No, all of it. I don't care." Get, and he he tells <laughs> yeah. Eddie like, "We might need to go like literally any second because like mm. the devil is coming here for me personally." And then right, he heads yeah. to the lodge. Yeah, he warns her. Yeah. He uh, he t- he lets her know that like I I'm it, one word for me and we are just getting out of here like I'm we're gonna leave but I I have to take care of something first and I have no idea how it's gonna right. go so just letting you know just be prepared for it and she's like all right whatever whatever you say and so yeah they um so he goes back to the boss and he's like all right everybody pay attention I've got I've got I've got intel that a Pinkerton detective is coming for us and he's a super powerful like there's no way he's 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 coming. And 
we have to, you know, we got to take him out, but we have to be really, really careful about it. And so he plans this whole uh, thing with the boss. He has the boss say, like, all right, we're going to take the most powerful people, all of the best guys in the lodge, and and basically, like, uh, like jump this guy. Like, you're all going to come to – he's going to meet me at my house and you guys are going to hide and we're going to we're going to get right. him. we have and, one um, shot at this we need to take him out yeah, immediately yeah. and completely the first time or he will destroy and disintegrate us um so honestly you can you can do this part of you I I, I, I just read it so it's still, it still hasn't really That's like it's still fizzing I, I don't know if there. I could do this yeah, no scene justice okay. like you could yeah <laughs> so he he explains that he actually knows this man on site uh, that he met him on a train that the man is pretending to be a reporter and he's going around gathering information about the Scourers and that the reason he knows he was a, a fraud newspaper man was because he actually went to the telegram office after the guy and apparently this dude has been, sended co- been sending coded messages every day. So... What he says is, I'm going to go to this guy. I'm going to go to the telegram man who will know how to get to him. I'm going to offer him an exclusive on the scourers, on the the free men. And I'm going to say, okay, you come to my boarding house. You give me a lot of money, and I will tell you everything that you want to know. But little will he know, you guys will be lurking there, lying in wait, and uh, then we'll just pounce on him and bye-bye birdie. And what they plan to do after that, I'm sure I don't know, because like the Pinkertons were a whole detective agency. So... Right, I, like, this is an official force. Yeah, like, I, don't I don't know what the plan was after that. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't, they're like, they were a militia. And like, they still exist. They're still around, but they're, prob- they're oh, really? probably just not murderers anymore. So if we have any listeners from the Pinkerton <laughs> Security Agency, uh, we're not throwing shade, but like, y'all did some scary stuff in the past. <laughs> 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 but then again, who didn't? So they can't just kill him. They can't just like take him out when he's on because they need to know what he knows they need to know how mm-hmm. how compromised they are so they conspire yeah they prepare to ensnare him scanlan um his roommate he just doesn't after the incident at the mine he doesn't have any more murders in him he's like morris he's not cut out for this so mcmurdo says actually not unkindly like why don't you just get out of here just go to go to the movies. Here's twenty dollars. Go see a Star War, mm. and uh, yeah, don't yeah. involve yourself in this. So, like a team, a yeah. team of gruesomes, like the heaviest hitters, <laughs> arrive, and I'm yeah. picturing like a cartoon lineup, nasties. like a, not yeah. a neck among right? them. Yeah, just <laughs> 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 and they lie in wait. Yeah, so. Uh, they're, they're lying in wait in one room and they're listening for, you know, what'll happen in the next room. And this, the Pinkerton arrives, mm. the lights don't flicker, you know, uh, the birds, the sunshine and the bird song don't die outside, <laughs> but they know he's there. And so he says, <laughs> they hear talking, he comes in from the next room, McMurdo and McGinty says, well, is he here? Is Bertie Edwards here? And McMurdo says, <laughs> yes, Bertie Edwards is here. I am Bertie Edwards. Oh shit! He's <laughs> oh, been the Pinkerton shit. this whole time, the whole time. Oh, just like Sally. I literally here. like, I literally shut the book for a second because I, I had to process it and just rethink the whole, the whole part two all over again. Yes, it changes <laughs> everything. Everything we knew about this guy. It was such a good it twist. It was like, so masterful. Good. And like, why did his counterfeit bills seem so good? Yeah, he never counterfeited shit. 
He's just, he just, he real money. just real money, <laughs> which is so yeah. fucking hilarious to me. I cannot get over how funny that is. It's like, oh yeah, look how good this is. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was very good. Anyway, so. Right. This is met with, I, I text you immediately. I was, I think. You, you did, know, yeah. <laughs> but I just wrote down, oh shit, in all caps. But, um, so like mm. 10 real world seconds of absolutely terrified white-faced silence transpire yeah and then a victorian swat team <laughs> explodes through yep. the doors he's, he's like oh by the, by the way i have 40 guys around this exactly. house there's no way y'all are getting yeah. out this is it's it so good he just <laughs> yeah, reaches up and try. snaps and it's oh it's very good and like mm-hmm. captain marvin yep. the very man is there he's got he's got a shooting iron in mcginty's pie plate and the whole thing is up so Right, and McMurdo's like, oh, hey, Marv. What's <laughs> up, like, hey, How you doing? Hey, Jack. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah. So only his employers and Captain Marvin knew who he was. Those were the only people, not his girl, not mm. any of his friends, not anybody. He... Which also very much explains why Captain Marvin was so cool with the fact that McMurdo yep. had committed a murder. Exactly. And he was willing to just, eh, forget a about McMurder, it. A McMurder, if you will. Yeah. A McMurder. And, uh... Side of fries. Yes. So, yeah, he never <laughs> killed anyone in Chicago or, or anywhere else. I mean, well, maybe in his... Yep. Maybe in, like, his pursuit of work as a Pinkerton, but not... He's not a murder man. Right. Yeah. And he never counterfeited shit, which is... That's just the funniest thing I've ever heard in my <laughs> life. Is that, like... Just hand someone a real dollar bill... Would you believe that this is counterfeited? Exactly. Spot ten differences. I dare you. Just like right? real, oh, it's so good. Um, yeah. Yes, and he and it, it really it all starts to make sense. Like he's the one that convinced them not to murder that newsman. He turns out mm. was the guy who warned uh, the guy whose house they blew up. Um, yeah, he, he has done yep. his level best to either prevent or at least mitigate as many murders and crimes as he could while he's been here. And so mm-hmm. much of it made sense looking back while I was typing up my notes. It was so good. Right. I was very impressed. Just instantly everything clicked. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was great. Yeah. It was great. So everybody's mm-hmm. jail forever after. Um, he, jail for he and Eddie are married 10 days later in Chicago. His testimony breaks the, the criminal back of the lodge once and for all. McGinty and his generals, they all have a, a waltz together at the end of a rope. But, um, Baldwin and like all the others, so like 60 dudes that got arrested, they only got 10 years, which, which doesn't seem like enough it to me. Doesn't. I would be like, it's it's murder, isn't that life? It's just lots automatically? of murder, <laughs> and maybe maybe ten years in a in a Victorian prison was just considered a death sentence. Maybe that's all he needed, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, like you don't ten years is life basically yeah. at that point with the conditions. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> ten years, ten years, and it turns out that oh boy, uh, is does revenge make a nice warm blanket in your cold Victorian prison because they yeah. all swore a blood oath to get their revenge, uh, so. Mm-hmm. He, McMurdo, ran with his wife for five years, and then she died, and then he married a named wife and came to England as the man that we know as John Douglas. And that that yeah. brings us up to current and uh, and is the end of the tale. There's only one wee bit left. There's only an epilogue. Does it say her name in part one? Because I I know I know you were referring to her as it does not it does wife, not it names her exactly it did- once and it's in the epilogue. 
in the very yeah in that blog it's she signs a letter and it's signed ivy yes. douglas uh and it's like all right well there's a yeah name. he finally, thought of that yeah. in the last <laughs> but, yeah. second because because he because right. he couldn't have her she sends a letter okay well we'll we'll get to that is it yeah so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's the epilogue now uh it's some time later mm-hmm. john douglas is super acquitted because of self-defense mm-hmm. which is fair and i just want to yeah. wonder because like abuse of a corpse is a thing but did the court look at like so you killed a guy because he was trying to kill you and then you put your clothes on him well that's weird but it's not a crime as far as i'm aware so right. <laughs> yeah like but what I, you know what forget yeah, it just yeah, go it <laughs> just get out of here so sherlock right. tells them to get the hell out of england while the getting is good because now the lodge knows they're there uh it'll mm. probably be fine sell your literal castle you'll be okay it's <laughs> yeah don't worry about it. just just yeah and yeah and it's and it kind of uh what how this all connects back to Moriarty. <laughs> Moriarty is the book end of this Correct. story, basically. It's, this whole thing is an amazing story by itself, an awesome mystery with an amazing backstory, and it does double duty to basically set up for, um, the, uh, Holmes confrontation of Moriarty. Right. It's basically like, okay, you see how, like, how, how powerful and far reaching the lodge was, this organization? Moriarty is even above yeah. that. Like, just show you the full extent of these guys' powers. Moriarty is basically even yeah, more these powerful. guys are one finger it? on one of Moriarty's hands. Yeah, yeah. Moriarty is even behind, you know, all of this. And Holmes still doesn't know how. Correct. It's basically just like, okay, so Moriarty is... How is, how is Moriarty connected to all this? And Holmes doesn't know. And it just ends with that. Yeah. It just ends with Holmes being like, I don't know. I, yeah. I need more time. I just need time to figure so, it out. And that's like... That drops pretty yeah, heavy, I think. It does. Cause it's just, it's really Holmes desperate. just straight up admitting he, yeah, he doesn't know something and just ending the story yeah. like that was really good. It was very dramatic and it totally worked. So Cecil yeah. Barker shows up. He comes a calling with a note from, uh, yeah. with a note from unnamed wife whose name is actually, as we noted, Ivy Douglas. And it's like the only, I, I'm pretty sure the only reason she <laughs> got a name is because Doyle realized, well, wait a minute. I can't have her send a letter and then say unnamed wife Douglas at the end of it. <laughs> I'm right. pretty sure that's what happened. But it's a note from her <laughs> that they were heading to, uh, I believe it was Africa, Cape Town, I believe is in South Africa, and that mm-hmm. um, Douglas or McMurdo or whatever you want to call him was lost mm-hmm. overboard and presumed dead. Barker says, well, it was those scourers, right? It was them lodge boys. And Holmes says, no, no, dog, this is this is Hundo Moriarty. Although the Scourers yeah. did hire Moriarty to act as sort of a native crime guide in England. So it was mm. the two of them working together. So Gotcha. Yeah. Um I thought that maybe he faked his own death again and that was free now <laughs> again, living just in, in case. Africa. That's what yeah. I choose to believe. Yeah. I don't know. It's the happier ending. Um anyway. Right. So Cecil Barker is is infuriated about this, that after everything mm. his friend got got after all. And Right. Holmes says, you heard me warn this man on Burlstone Manor House that the coming danger was greater than the past. And Cecil Barker says, do you say that no one can ever get level with this king devil? Which is a really fucking cool thing to say. And I'm gonna... <laughs> yeah. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like a, like a lyric from a metal album. And he says, mm. he says, no, I don't say that, but you must give me time. And that's it. It's just a sad ending. Mm-hmm. Holmes says, yeah, I'm sorry. Your friend died, and I'm still – I can't do anything about it right now. Right. 
Yeah, it's it's heavy. Yeah. It really is. And I mean, just the fact that also he says like, just just the me. Like you must give me time. Yeah. I have to. I have to it take part. This be. is on me. All of this, which is a lot. I mean, like Holmes is extremely. Sp- he's the best detective in England. You know, he's he's Sherlock freaking Holmes. But still, that's man. a lot yeah. for one guy. Yeah, and a doctor. And like, it's it's yeah, it's really cool. And I almost like wanna. If you will allow me to insist that we read the final problem next, because it is like the Moriarty story, and I think that it would be a little bit of nice continuity just this once. I love the random element of it, but it's like I I just really am excited. Except a thematic link, absolutely. It'll be it'll be a nice uh, nice little break from this, and it's not. It wasn't a long book, but (laughs) it felt really long in the context of what we normally do. So we we probably dropped a lot on listeners, but yeah, there was a there was a lot. And also the fact that it felt like two books because part one was its own story, and then part two was it. Yeah, it definitely wasn't like a Hound of the Baskerville situation where like it all is very continuous and is you know, but. takes place in the same place and time but it was neat i like yeah, it I did too. I, seeing the two having two totally very different mood uh halves of the story and having them end up weaving together so yeah. well at the end was great like doyle did an awesome job with this one honestly like as it, it's so funny because you usually see i don't know at least with me uh i know a lot of i i've read a lot of authors who write short stories and also novels mm-hmm. and one is usually i don't know if you've experienced this but one usually tends up be ends up being better than the other yeah, you usually where it's like usually better at one or the other yeah right but i think doyle honestly does equally good in both i think his novels are you know what i would say probably the short stories tend to usually be like maybe a tiny bit better mm-hmm. just a little bit but they're both great like yeah. he, he honestly does really well at both they're di- which is they're different art forms and they require yeah. they require different techniques and mm-hmm. i think doyle was more comfortable with the short story i think he was probably better at it but that doesn't mean like because there's you don't have you don't have the breath in a short story to set up a twist as incredible when it turned out he was the pick i was sitting alone in the yeah. lunchroom <laughs> reading this and i was just like what <laughs> right <laughs> incredible i took a bite of yeah. my chicken sandwich in fascination um well like and, and i know this is always my go-to but like jim butcher the dresden mm-hmm. files 15 novels mm-hmm. all of which are very good uh to more greater mm-hmm. or lesser degrees but like he only has two short story collections and the first one is not great and it's not because <laughs> oh, no. it's not because yeah. he's not a good writer it's because when you're yeah. used to writing 300 400 page novels it's it's really hard to know how to navigate the waters of a short story um oh yeah and he i mean he's a successful author who's done other stuff this is just what i know him from but like mm. the second volume of short stories he did he had clearly learned a lot and not only were they more satisfying stories unto themselves, but they also played into each other a little bit more. So he realized, oh, nice, yeah, that the short stories could have kind of a separate, not a separate continuity because they were still in continuity with the books, but like that they could have a different mm-hmm. relationship with each other than the books did. And yeah, and I think, I think the novels here are a little bit like that, like because they they go to pains to remind us who Moriarty is. He's the famous scientific criminal. So. It's right. it's not a large it's not a piece of a puzzle like the like the stories can be. Um, 
it stands it stands really well on its own like as a thing you could just pick up and read and not know anything mm-hmm. about Holmes and I think I think that's what's really impressive that he maintains that sort of not isolation exactly but that like because most of the stories can stand on their own whether you know anything about Holmes and Watson and their relationship and all this and the yeah. novel has to take the time to set up who Moriarty is just in case you don't know and just in case you didn't right. and see that's the thing that's the thing they make Moriarty he's the secret big bad of this whole thing but if yeah. you haven't read the two Sherlock Holmes stories prior to this that mention him you have no way of knowing that so yeah. they have to spend time setting him up as the big bad and as a result Holmes and Watson don't get a lot of characterization like Watson is he isn't even a character in the first half like he's there rec- Barely, he's there yeah. recording but he doesn't really interact mm-hmm. um not really yeah yeah so it's just it's a different art form and uh i think in this one it was it was pulled off especially well i'm not gonna lie i didn't i wasn't especially enjoying the second half until the twist mm-hmm. and yeah <laughs> and then i wanted to go back and read the whole thing and then god what a twist yeah, yeah. right <laughs> yeah god it was so good Anyway, yeah, yeah, good book. And uh, thank you, Andrew Orsi, for uh, choosing it for us. Right, yeah, no, it seemed like a task at first, but then once I got into it, I was like, nah, Oh, it was still rules. a task. Like, <laughs> but, yeah, but it was yeah. a task. It still rules. was, yeah, no. Yeah. For sure, And yeah. so next week, yeah, we'll, the, uh, yeah. we'll read the final pop... pop wh- mm. Next week, we'll... S- it's an actual word this time. I know. <laughs> next week... <laughs> the final pod... The final pod... Blem- no, I got this. The final... <clears throat> the final pod... Blem- reads the final problem. There it is. It's our most difficult to there say episode yet, and that is saying something. So go ahead and read that for your Holmes work next week. Uh, you can go ahead and follow Good Game, Great Game. You can find us on Patreon if you are so inclined, uh, where if you wanted to patronize us to the tune of five bucks a month you'll get episodes most of a week early when i'm able to edit them by thursday uh you'll also get the exclusive goof arounds we do in the pre-show before we start the show proper real good one this week for a lot of reasons Mm. um yeah (laughs) and also we are going to be putting up on the patreon some they're not side projects they're things we want to do in the future but that we won't be able to launch right now but we'll throw them on there when we're able to and maybe you'll uh you'll get to see a little something that won't be available to the rest of the public for a long time Oh, also, sneak peek. we're also going to yeah. actually start doing those movie review episodes. We promise. It's just... We promise. <laughs> we made... We suggested that at a time that was particularly busy in all of our lives, and it turns out that time isn't over yet. So, but we're going to... It actually turns out to just be my whole yes. life. <laughs> yeah. So, it just never stopped. Things keep happening yes. so much. Uh, but the first, all the time. The first uh, movie review episode we're doing for our Patreon feed, you have to be a patron, five bucks a month in order to hear it. It's such a good movie. Though. It's, it's a great movie. It's gonna be the list of movies that we have planned are extremely oh, it's a diverse tasty list it's something it's else yeah it's great good. it's a re- it's a regular charcuterie board it movies. really is but the first <laughs> the first little salami slice we've got uh is a german film called goodbye lenin uh about a young man mm. whose mother goes into a coma before the fall of the berlin wall and when she comes and that was dylan that was movie. dylan's movie Where's, yeah we're doing a, the three of us where we each have a list of i think it's eight movies something each like that. And we rotate between whose movie we pick that week. It's true. So yeah. it's uh it's, it's a good. it's a surprisingly fun, um really sweet kind of sad movie that is in German. So if that is your bag, go watch it and then come listen to us talk mm-hmm. about it after we get that recorded. Well, all right, all our buddies. Yep. Um, you can find us on Twitter at the Final Podblum. Please do tweet at us. We've got a really great community of fans who talk about birds and art and uh, and other shows. Awesome people. Yeah. If you've got if you've <laughs> got a podcast, which seems 
likely. Um, <laughs> I mean, if, if you've got a podcast. Who doesn't have a podcast these days? Let us know. We'll toss you a shout out. Until then, all our buddies, right. uh, don't be a crimesman if you can help it. But if you have to, don't feel bad about it. No, that's a bad message. And I regret that immediately. <laughs> we don't endorse crime here at the final problem. Unless you have a really, exactly. really good Unless you really <laughs> wanted to. It's, if you're Rocket Raccoon yeah. and you know, you don't understand, sir, I want the thing more. If you, if that's there your you rationale. Just like, well, little, try to keep the collateral to as minimum as possible. Exactly. Just, Here's know, an idea. Fun, Just do don't best. be a deeply corrupt politician who's undermining american democracy at a fundamental level before our eyes how about that if you can do yeah, that please don't no. be that we got enough we're good yeah, there. We'll, be, we're, we're done. we'll be proud we... of you there all right <laughs> we'll talk to you later all our buddies bye thank you so much bye-bye but the trouble has not yet begun Fellas, is it wrong to like your own theme song? Fellas, is it gay? Just it? Fellas, is it gay to if your own theme song slaps? <laughs>